0: Hello Benjamin Partridge here. I make the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. Now uh, this isn't an episode of Beef and Dairy Network. The next one is going to be later this week Um, and it's a good one but this is something slightly different. I've actually made a new podcast mini-series with the BBC called Ray Moss No Stone Unturned and I thought it might be a good idea if I put the first episode of it on this feed because I think the people who like Beef and Dairy uh, will enjoy it. It's kind of Similar in some ways, it uses a lot of the same collaborators, uh, but it's different in other ways. So I thought you might like to hear it. And then if you like it, you can sign up and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, The podcast you need to subscribe to if you like it is called Kench, K-E-N-C-H. And that's a new podcast from BBC Radio 1, which is going to be putting out new comedy series. And for the next four weeks, um, that's going to be my series, Ramos No Stone Unturned. Ray Moss, No Stone Unturned, is about Ray Moss. He's a kind of wannabe detective, an investigative journalist, and he's doing his best. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, if obviously you know you've subscribed to this to listen to Beef and Dairy Network, so if you have no interest, just press stop and press delete, and there'll be a new Beef and Dairy episode out later this week. But I think if you like Beef and Dairy, hopefully you'll enjoy this too. So here you go. This is episode one of Ray Moss, No Stone Unturned. I'm Ray Moss investigative journalist, podcast detective and truth seeker. If you need to get to the bottom of something, I'm your man. As long as it doesn't involve international travel, because I've put on a lot of face weight and those airport scanners don't work with my passport photo. Anyway, if you have a mystery, if something doesn't make sense, get in touch and leave a message after the beep. Hello, you're through to the Ramos No Stone Unturned hotline. Leave a mystery... Hi, V. Last night I met this guy. He said he had a time machine and he took 40 quid off me.
1: I'm still in 2018. What's yeah. that all about? Hi, Ray. I can't remember when Christmas is. I think there's someone in the house. What should I do? Please, Ray. Ha-
2: Hello, Mr. Moss. It's Dr. Renard from the hospital. Ah, uh, it's about your
0: anus. This week, someone called Kaylee really stoked my mystery mojo.
1: Hi, Ray. My name is Kayleigh, um, and I'm calling because I've got a bit of a problem that I was hoping you'd be able to help me out with. Um, so basically, I have this really vague memory of being a child, watching television, and um, seeing the weatherman take his top off on live television, and it's really troubling me because... Nobody I talk to seems to remember this happening, but it's really stuck with me all these years. I can't shake it out of my head. Um, So, did it really happen?
0: From BBC Radio 1 and Doze Fresh, this is Ray Moss, No Stone Unturned. If you've got a mystery, then like an old piece of bark in a damp forest... Moss is all over it. Kaylee was doubting her own memory, and that's never a nice feeling. Like when you wake up on the sofa at 4am covered in empty boxes of bakewell slices, that you have no memory of eating. I Skyped Kaylee to find out more. Hello? Hello, Kaylee. It's Ray Moss here.
1: Oh, oh my god. Um, hi. Hi,
0: Kaylee. Um, I just heard your voicemail and I have to say, I'm very interested in taking on your case.
1: Brilliant. Wow. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Now, I just... um, Could you just recap? What exactly was it that you saw?
1: It sounds really weird, but I just have this memory of being a child, watching television, and um, the weatherman took his top off halfway through the programme and um, it's just really stayed with me. Right. The thing is, what... What worries me is if I've made that up, the weatherman taking his top off, what else have I made up? And it makes me question all my memories. You know, what if none of it has happened, actually? Did I have breakfast this morning? Did I go to Spain last year on holiday? It's fundamental things like that that it's making me question.
0: So, Kaylee, did you go on holiday to Spain last year?
1: Yes, I did, yes.
0: Right, so that one's sorted. Oh,
1: Sorry. It's just, you know, it, it, it's really worrying.
0: Is there any other information you've, you've got that can help me on my uh, my path to finding out the truth?
1: Not really. I mean...
0: Have you got a date? Can you, can you tell me when it happened?
1: Mid-90s is the best I can give you, really. Right. The only thing, and I mean, this sounds really weird as well, but I have this image of, of, of something, I think it must have been the programme beforehand, where it was a vicar... Yeah, a vicar being killed by a crab.
0: Right. Was this a news story?
1: No. No, it was a, it was a drama or a programme, and that was the end. It was a vicar being killed by a crab.
0: OK, well, that gives me something to go off. Thank you very much, Kaylee. Thank you. And uh, don't you worry, because I'm going to get to the bottom of this for you. Don't you worry.
1: Oh, great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ray.
0: We live in a world of information... Emails, texts, phones, magazines, talking, train announcements, the ingredients on a packet of crisps, post-it notes, things written on the side of a van, Hindu t-shirts, leaflets, tan criers, shampoo adverts, and more recently, the internet. Surely if a weatherman had partially nuded himself live on television, a clip of it would be on the internet somewhere. I knew I was going to have to log on, and fast. I hightailed it to the library, where the local librarian, Sue, let me into the computer zone. She was up to date with all things tech, and within a quarter of an hour, I had a guest ID, I was booted up, logged on, and was, and I believe this is the lingo, information surfing. But there was nothing, not even a mention of it. Very strange. Then I thought about what Kaylee had told me about the vicar being killed by a crab.
1: A vicar being killed by a crab. Crab
3: crab crab crab
0: crab 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 A bit more info surfing turned up that it was a major storyline in Crab Beach, the short-lived soap opera about a small Australian town where the attractive residents struggle with life, love, and thousands of dangerous crabs. One of the best-known episodes was one in which Brad, the dreamy beach vicar, was fatally attacked By a crab. Uh,
2: Ah. Oh, you really got me. Nipped me right in the face, you little bugger. I wish I'd never moved to Crab Beach in the first place. Why'd you make crabs, God? Huh? Why? Why?
0: It was shown in the UK at 5.30pm on the 3rd of November 1995. As they say in Vegas, bingo. That's when the Weatherman incident must have happened. I found the number of the archive department of the BBC who keep tapes of every weather report ever broadcast. With this date, I could track down the tape and clear this up for good. I called the BBC and just like any high-level investigative detective would do, I went undercover. Hello,
2: BBC Archives.
0: Hello, Brian McSimmons here. I'm making a documentary and I would like to Sorry, see...
2: Sorry, are you, are you putting on a Scottish accent?
0: Yes.
2: Right. Are you really making a documentary? No. What are you doing?
0: I'm making a an investigative journalism podcast for the BBC.
2: Right. Well, just say that then.
0: Right, I'll call back.
2: Hello, BBC Archives.
0: Hello, uh, my name is Ray Moss. Yep. So, the guy from before, right? Yep. Yep. Okay, um, I'm looking for a specific weather report. It's from the third of November, 1995, on BBC One. Have you got Have you got those in the archive?
2: Yeah, I'm just going to put you on hold. I look through the logbook. Hello, hi. Hello. Yep, I've got the logbook here. It says it was signed out ten years ago and never returned.
0: Right, so, so it's, not, it's not in the archive. It's
2: not in the archive, no.
0: Um, okay. Um, do, you, do you have any records th- th- that would say who was presenting the weather on that day? That would be really helpful.
2: I can get you that information. However, right. it does take six weeks for them to get back to us.
0: Ah, okay.
2: However, we have had a software change recently, which means I can get you that information immediately.
0: Oh, great. Good.
2: However, we have had a server problem and the virus has caught our computers, so all our information has been destroyed.
0: Right, so you can't get that information for me.
2: So I can't get that information for you, that's
0: correct. Right. Um, well, thanks for, for being so helpful so far. Hang on, is there a name on the logbook that that says who signed out the video ten years ago? Can you tell me that?
2: I can have a look. Just give me a...
0: Hello? Hello? Oh. I tried calling back, but the line was dead. Curiouser and curiouser, thought Ray. That's me, Ray Moss. I was going to have to switch up my tactics. Like everyone, I find all of history incredibly boring, apart from World War II, which was basically a real-life action film. Also, the only sequel that's better than the first one. But just because it's boring doesn't mean it isn't useful from time to time. Hello, my name is Thomas Frenton, and I'm a
4: television historian.
0: I spoke to Thomas in the hope that he might know something about the topless weatherman. Thank you for coming in, Thomas. Pleasure. Um, I didn't even know that there was such a thing as a television historian, and then I looked ah. it up, and um, yep. here you are. So, yes, very pleased.
4: there is such a thing. So, um, yeah. I'm a historian of television. That Television is my, my yeah, I thought, subject. Uh,
0: yeah, I was yeah. worried that you might have been, you know, not a historian of television, ah. more like a historian on television. Ah, I mean.
4: yeah. oh, I see. You mean those people that do history on the television. Yeah. No, 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 that's... Nope, there's a separate thing. I'm a proper historian. I study the history of television. I'm not someone who just uh, waffles on on your box, just talking nonsense. Sorry, I, f- I feel like people. I've
0: hit a, hit a nerve there for you. Well,
4: sorry, it's a, little bit, it's a little bit sensitive for me because... Um, OK, long story short, I did a course called How to Be a Television Historian and I thought I was going to be learning uh, about how to be a TV historian in the mould of the big three. Sharma, Starkey, Beard... Uh, but it turned out it was a course in uh, how to be a historian of television itself. So uh, a bit disappointing, but I'd already paid £148 deposit, so I just stuck with it.
0: So hopefully you can tell me. I've got you here because I wanted to ask you about the weatherman taking his top off on the BBC. Ah, yes. Now, yes,
4: you, you know course. what I'm talking about, yeah, I do. A, yes. a good sign. I do, yeah.
0: Did that actually happen?
4: Well... Um... There have been a number of uh, embarrassing episodes for the BBC over the years. Um, The elephant pooing on the set of Blue Peter, Peter Sissons vomiting on the news, um, the match of the day where there was an autocue cock-up and Gary Lineker uh, read a recipe for paella. Uh, Luckily, it was in between two nil-nil draws, so it pretty much went under the radar. But uh, the Weatherman story is different. It didn't actually happen. It's a false memory. What I call a mass delusion.
0: Thomas told me that even though many people had seen a topless weatherman, that didn't mean it actually happened. In fact, throughout the history of television,
4: there have been a number of similar mass delusions. For example, on the night of the millennium, when about half the population thought they saw Sue Barker, the, the presenter of Question of Sport, Sue Barker's head floating above Buckingham Palace. Right, but she wasn't actually floating above Buckingham Palace. We don't believe so. No, we believe it was a mass delusion. That what the people of Britain needed at that moment of high tension—remember, it was the Millennium Eve. People were very anxious about the Millennium Bug and uh, the end of the world, and so on. And what 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 people needed to believe in was that Sue Barker's head was watching over them and winking. It was it was it was an extraordinary moment, but it didn't happen. Didn't happen. So, what
0: does that teach us about the? Weatherman taking his top off?
4: It tells us that, for whatever reason, the people of Britain that night needed to believe that a weatherman could take his top off on television. What exactly that's about, I couldn't tell you. You'd have to speak to an expert in mass delusions.
0: Thomas, thank you for coming in.
4: Not at all. Had Katie really seen a topless weatherman?
0: Or had she simply been part of a mass delusion? It was time to engage with something even more boring than history. Science. No-one likes science, not even scientists. That's why they do sick things like sew together human body parts and put shampoo in rabbits' eyes. But sometimes it can be a useful tool for an investigator. I spoke to full-time boffin, psychologist Dr Eve Treneman, and asked her about the existence of mass delusions.
5: In the uh, industry, we tend to refer to them as false memories. And uh, in actual fact, most of us, Will have a significant proportion of false memories, up to ten percent.
0: Well, so ten percent of of your and and my memories will will be completely false. Of yours,
5: certainly. And I mean, give me a, a a fond memory of yours.
0: Sure. Okay. Um, okay. So when I was like five or six, I think I remember my grandfather came round as he used to most Sundays. Um, it was different this time though, because he'd made me a little wooden boat that he'd handmade. And it was really nice and he'd painted it all blue and white and on the side he'd painted Will's best grandson. And that's something I think about quite a lot.
5: Probably didn't happen.
0: Right. But, But I have got the boat at home still. So
5: Yeah, you probably made that boat.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I did make the boat.
5: Memory is a funny thing. Uh, A good example, actually, of uh, this what you termed mass delusion was uh, many people thought that they saw Sue Barker floating above Buckingham Palace on the night of the millennium when in reality she was in a sauna with Des Lynham and the rest of the BBC sport team, as they do every New Year's Eve. Well,
0: I've got a client. The reason I've got you in, really, is I've got this client and she remembers when she was very young, watching the television, watching a a news report, and then the weather came on and the weatherman took his top off it's a cloudy memory and she's not sure whether it really happened or not and i'm just trying to look into whether this could be a a false memory
5: it's unlikely because false memories tend to be very specific not cloudy right and also on a personal level i can confirm that it's not a false memory because i remember it too
0: you saw the weatherman taking his top off
5: yes i did and i have not stopped thinking about it since
0: could it not be that you've just fallen victim to the same mass delusion as my client? That this could also be a false memory in, in your own head?
5: And with all due respect, I am a professional and I think I can tell the difference. And in this case, no. It was so real. And he was. He was so upset. He was so agitated. And he whipped his shirt off and his, his stomach cascading over his trousers. Like a fatty waterfall, and atop that is soft, pillowy tits. He was utterly revolting. Why would anybody do that, a pro- professional man at the height of his career? Why did he do it? Why did he do it? Why Why would anybody do it?
0: That's what I'm here to find out. Back to the investigation after this week's quick solves.:
1: Hi, Ray. I think I've lost my keys.
0: Are they on the hook?
2: Yeah, there they are. Thanks, Ray.
0: That's a quick song. Hi, Ray. I'm lying down on my front and I've got a really warm back. Have you got a cat on it? Yes, I do. Case closed. Well, thanks, Ray. That's a quick-solve! And as ever, my quick-solves are brought to you in association with Dose Fresh. With Doze Fresh, you pay a simple monthly payment and every week you will receive all the ingredients you need for a healthy and delicious meal, packaged inside a premium memory foam mattress. Sign up this month and get a free tiramisu delivered inside a duck feather pillow. Now, back to the case. If what Dr Treneman had said was right... Hayley's memory was genuine, but how to prove it? I thought back to my call with the BBC Archive. Why had someone taken out the tape ten years ago and not brought it back? Why had the line suddenly gone dead? And why didn't he buy my flawless Scottish accent? I felt like I was going around in circles, but not in a good Lewis Hamilton way. When you get stuck looking under a stone, sometimes you need your rock. And my rock is a woman, a she-rock, my matrimonial boulder. My wife, Penny. Penny, can I talk to you about the case? Uh,
5: what? Oh. You know yeah. the
0: the weatherman thing? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's pretty exciting actually. So I've got to the stage now where um, is it? yep, yeah, it is because I've worked out the date, the exact date when that must have happened, mm-hmm. if it happened, right. right? So I spoke to the BBC archive. When
5: did that take you?
0: Well, I was on the weekend. I was I is that out.
5: why we couldn't go to my sister's?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So then I spoke to them, the BBC Archive, Mm. and asked for the tape so I could see whether it was real or not. But, and this is the kicker, someone took it out years ago and never brought it back. Now, isn't that suspicious?
5: Well, well, I mean, no, it's not suspicious. No, it's a bit odd. It's not suspicious like an abandoned bag at a train station might be suspicious. No.
0: Or it's a conspiracy that I've uncovered...
5: Oh, my God.
0: ..because I'm, I'm a truth seeker and I'm finding the truth out and yeah. I'm onto something.
5: It's like the moon landings. Or it, yeah, it
0: is like the moon landings, actually.
5: I mean, it just you being an investigative reporter, it's just delusional. It's like Sue Barker in the sky at the millennium all over again. It's a waste of time, Ray.
0: I had a hot Ribena and flicked the telly on. Well, part- the weather this case wasn't going to let me rest. I looked out of the window at the sky in desperation, but all I saw was more weather. On the television, a smartly-dressed young man with perfect teeth told me that the weather tomorrow would be changeable. If only he could tell me what would make him take his top off. My old mum used to say to me, sleep on your problems, son. I have to sleep with mine. I never really understood what she meant, but in later life, I realised she was talking about shagging my dad. But the advice remains useful. I went to bed feeling no closer to an answer. But the next morning, I was met with a message on the answer machine that would blow the case right open.
2: Hello, hi, Ray. Uh, This is the guy from BBC Archives. You know, the one you put on the Scottish accent for. Listen, look, I think there's something going on here. It's a bit suspicious because tapes never go missing. I've been thinking about it. And I think there's a cover-up. I know why you want the footage. It's the guy, the weatherman, isn't it? The, the one who takes his top off. Well, listen, look, I, I probably shouldn't be doing this, but his name, the guy who signed out the tape 10 years ago, is Charles Bilton, OK? It's Charles Bilton. Listen, they can't know I'm telling you this other no, I No, no, I was just... No, no I'm... No, I'm... No, i oh, sorry, no!
0: Charles Bilton. Back at the library, I looked up Charles Bilton, and there are only two in the UK. Luckily, I know one of them, and he wouldn't be involved in something like this. He's a squash coach who keeps himself to himself, although he does come out of his shell on the court. After a bit of digging, I came up with the phone number for the other Charles Bilton and got through to a Mrs Bilton who told me that Charles had moved out of their home many years ago. Luckily, she could tell me where he is currently living, in the back of a van in the basement of a multi-storey car park. The multi-storey wasn't hard to find. A great big concrete bitch ruining the cityscape like a turd in a souffle. In the basement, I found the van. A battered old transit, its once white exterior covered in the obscene scrawlings of local youths who had mastered the depiction of only one body part. To be fair, they'd nailed it. Using the old investigator's trick of pretending to deliver a pizza, I tried to talk to Charles Bilton. Pizza. Hello? Hello? I've got a pizza delivery for Mr. Charles Bilton. What did you say? I've got a pizza delivery for Charles Bilton. I've got Hawaiian. I haven't ordered a pizza for nearly 18 years. Just open the door and I'll show you the pizza. Hawaiian, you say? Tell me, do you know anything about a weatherman who took his top off on the television?
3: <sighs> OK. I knew this day would come
0: you better come in. Take your shoes off. Of course, I didn't have a pizza at all. I just used it as a ruse to get him talking. Classic Ray Moss.
3: Take a seat somewhere. uh...
0: He welcomed me into the back of his van, and I was met with a smell like an old horse had shat itself to death. I wouldn't wouldn't sit on that, uh, if anything moves, just whack it. Charles Bilton busied himself, moving old boxes and bits of what looked like rubbish, but what I quickly realised was old meteorological equipment, a windsock, an old barometer, a signed photograph of Michael Fish. My name is Charles
3: Bilton, formerly Jonathan Emery, the weatherman after the incident. I changed my name and started a new life here in this van,
0: and uh, I knew one day someone would track me down. Charles Bilton wasn't just the man who'd taken out the tape of the weatherman. He was the weatherman. I'd hit the jackpot it didn't take him long to start reminiscing about the good old days oh halcyon days uh, i was riding high you know predicting the weather
3: every night people tuned in people knew they were going to get the weather they were going to get it straight they were going to get it with a bit of flair you know and uh, I talked about fog wind you know different kinds of rain i had so many adjectives back then for rain i've lost a lot of them now you don't use them you lose them all right and uh, people loved me and uh, i was very happy yeah a uh, pocket full of uh, full of dough, and uh, the other pocket full of dreams that I was living. Um, so I was living in my pocket, but um, I was striding striding round in some big trousers. What went wrong? Well, I'd say what went wrong was what went right. Um, what went wrong was a sense of moral obligation, a sense of philanthropy. Right. So uh, this guy, this. Uh, Man about town, going about, turning heads, living the high life, um, decided he needed to put something back. Something he loved was under threat, something other people loved was under threat. And uh, that dandy, that loved showman of typhoons and hail,
0: he became uh, the Mother Teresa of, uh, of bodies of water. Charles explained that the reason he took his top off was as a protest against the destruction of a local beauty spot, Cumberland Reservoir. The Cumberland Reservoir, absolutely
3: beautiful spot, was, was going to be taken over by developers. So they they found some legal loophole back then. There was a lot of it going on. You know, people had worked out that you could technically classify a reservoir as rising damp. So up and down the country reservoirs were being bought up for cheapest chips and, and you know, developed into quasars, bowling alleys, anything you like, no problem. And the same for Cumberland Reservoir, which was a very, very precious place to me.
0: And what is it about Cumberland Reservoir that is so important to you that you would take your top off and show your midriff on television.
3: It's a deeply, deeply powerful place to me. It's where I first learnt to windsurf. It's where I first proposed to my wife that we should get a dog, and she said yes. Very happy times.
0: And you were willing to put your career on the line for it?
3: I was willing to put everything on the line for it. Nothing had ever happened like that on television anywhere in the world. It was going to be an incredible... Event, You know, the the term water-cooler moment hadn't even been invented back then, right? I mean, they were going to have to invent water-coolers and put them in offices in Britain to talk about this moment.
0: It was going to be huge. Charles had planned to write Save Cumberland Reservoir on his chest to bring attention to his cause. However, in the excitement and anticipation that afternoon before the broadcast, he forgot to write it on. It had been for nothing. And now, here he was, living in complete squalor. Okay.
3: Let's have a look. Yeah. Ah. Oh, ah, sorry, bend the knees. <laughs>
0: That's better. Charles, can I just say the looking around the back of your van, the, mm. the biggest glaring omission, shall we say, is there's no toilet. Right. That bucket, that metal bucket, you made us a bit of tea in.
3: Yeah. I wouldn't dwell on the provenance of the bucket, or what the bucket has been used for in the past. Um, I will say, you know, living in a multi-storey car park, it's not so bad, honestly, that kind of thing. If I need a shit, just do it in the bottom of the lift, you know, or up an exhaust pipe. If you need a piss, there's a vending machine around the corner. Bob's your uncle, okay?
0: By which you mean you... you piss into the vending machine?
3: I don't have any coins to use the vending machine, so uh, yeah, I just piss in the vending machine. In the coin slot? in the coin, I have, I have pissed in the coin, so sure I mean, I, I, I used to use the uh, the tray where the confectionery comes out, but
0: I uh, had an injury where the flap came down too hard at one point, so uh, lesson learned I had won his trust, it was time to bring up the tape, did he still have it? I've spoken to the BBC uh, Charles, and mm. that's how I came to find you, because your name is written in the logbook for taking out the VHS copy of the archive of, of that weather report so uh. I assume you do you still have it?
3: I I do have that tape. I did take that tape. I've never quite been able to bring myself to destroy it or,
0: or bury it. Or, Do you ever watch it, Charles? No, I've never watched it. I can't. Watch it with me now, Charles. I
3: don't. I don't even know if this VHS player works. It's had an under siege in it for the last 20 years. I don't know if I could even take it
0: out. He pulled the tape from an old stained pillowcase and slid it into the ancient machine. As it whirred into life... His face appeared on the screen, 20 years younger, happier, and without any visible rat bites. I'm going to bring
3: a brolly with you because it's going to be wet. In eastern parts, it will be unsettled. No. I'm sorry. I've got to make a stand. Read my chest. No? No, back off. Back off. Hey, 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 get off. I've got to is this. Pull!
0: The video was viscerally disturbing. His soft pink torso glistening in the unforgiving lights, his facial expression of triumph immediately turns to panic, then outrage, then shame. Seconds after he takes off his shirt, a monstrous cameraman rugby tackles him to the ground and then the producers pile in. He never had a chance. You don't know human frailty until you've seen a man's nipples, crushed under the jackboot of the institution he'd given everything to.
3: How did it feel seeing that? that it's humiliating. It's much worse than I imagined, honestly. I mean, I've pictured the moment in my head many times. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I mean, you know how your voice sounds different when you hear it re- recorded. It's, um, it, it also looks different when, when, you, when you take your top off on live television. And uh, it, it looks different to how you imagine it at the time. Same Same sort of thing. I thought I was in better
0: shape. Should we watch a bit of Under Siege? Uh, yeah, I'd love that. After watching the opening 20 minutes of the 90s Steven Seagal action classic, Under Siege, my ass started to hurt from sitting on an old biscuit tin, and so Charles asked me if I'd like to see Cumberland Reservoir. <sighs> well, here we are. Sorry, what do you mean?
3: Uh, this is it. This is the the site of the former Cumberland Reservoir.
0: You have walked me five steps from your van. Mm-hmm.
3: This is where they drained it, filled it in, and uh, put this Goliath of a multi-story car park in. Uh,
0: brutalist architecture,
3: I gather. Appropriately.
0: I'm at the end of a a long investigation. You're at the end of your own story. How do you how do you feel?
3: I've been at the end of my own story for quite a long time now, Ray. To be honest. And uh, I survive. Here I am. I have everything I need. Uh, even here, you know, getting work has been difficult, but um, you'd be surprised what people drop in a multi-storey car park, really, and um, you'd be surprised what you can live off if you really uh, show a bit of grit.
0: I left Charles eating an old piece of ham he found on the floor and Skyped Kaylee. Hello? Hi, Kayleigh, it's Ray Moss here.
1: Hi, Ray. Hi.
0: <laughs> um, good news.
1: Uh-huh?
0: I've got to the bottom of it.
1: Oh, my God! yeah, Amazing. Are you ready? Yes,
0: so you weren't imagining it at all. It really did happen. Wow. The weatherman did take his top off, and i've uh-huh. sp- I've spoken to him. He's uh now destitute and lives in the back of a, a transit van and right. um I mean that's by the by uh-huh. you, you you can stop questioning every memory you've ever had. It was real.
1: Oh, right. To be honest, I thought it would be more of a feeling of closure or something, but, but I feel nothing, basically.
0: Sorry? What do you mean?
1: Well, I just... I don't feel anything.
0: Yet. Give her a couple of days and it'll sink in. I think in her own way, what Kaylee was trying to say was, thanks, Ray, you've changed my life and blown my mind. No problem, Kayleigh. And I have to say... This is a bittersweet one for me. Yes, I could help Kaylee, but nothing changes the fact that my friend, and yes, I do now count him as a friend, Charles Bilton, formerly Jonathan Emery Weatherman, did nothing more than try to save his local reservoir, and as a result, now lives in a van and relieves himself into the coin slot of a vending machine. But at least now he does have a friend, and sometimes, when you're pissing in a vending machine, you just need someone to hold the flap open for you. I also want to let you know that in solidarity with Charles Bilton, I'm making these closing comments with my top off. I admit, on a podcast it feels like an empty gesture, but there you go. So, until next time, remember, if you see a stone, turn it over. You never know what you'll find under there. Thanks for listening to that. Uh, If you enjoyed it, remember, please subscribe to the podcast. It's called Kench, K-E-N-C-H. You can find it on iTunes and all the other places you can get podcasts from. That's Kench, K-E-N-C-H. Subscribe. And then, yeah, there'll be three more episodes of Ramos coming over the coming weeks. Great. And there'll be more Beef and Dairy Network later this week. Thanks.